Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Why do we say that? Because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is. I have two buzzes today. Usually open the show with one, but I have two buzzes here. So let me tell you buzz number one. Social employee will become a basic fact of life. That's a quote from Boudreaux and Emmerich from back in 2013. I think they were predicting the future. Buzz number two, this is from the undercoverrecruiter.com. Treating employees as a part of your team of ambassadors is so powerful. Okay, let's dissect those a little bit. First of all, employee. Second of all, social. Put them together. You have social employee. It's not even called the social employee. You're a social employee. It's just called social employee. It's a thing. And treating employees, well, your team, ambassadors, and powerful. We've got some really important words in here. So let me ask a question to all of you in our global audience. Who is your strongest asset in promoting your business? Well, look around. They could be at the desk next to you. You're probably thinking, oh, it's my computer over there, or oh, it's my marketing calendar over there. No, it's your employee. It's your coworker. Why? They know your services. They know your products inside out. They're part of your team. Get it? So how can you build a culture where your employees and your coworkers, and that, of course, references where you are in the corporate structure, so they can believe in your brand and they can promote it on their personal platform, and that's an important part of this, to build business credibility and expand the reach of your business? Well, the answer is simple. If you know how to look at it, encourage and empower them. And I'm going to add, guide them. The experts speak. We have three experts on our panel today. Yes, we do have Daniel. We're so happy. We have Daniel Koo. Let me tell you who they are in a minute. I'll introduce them, and we'll get started in just a second. Daniel Koo is a practice leader for SAPCX at EY Ernst Young Bright Tree. We'll be speaking with him in a moment, all the way from Singapore. And another newcomer, John Walker, who is a founder and managing partner at a company called Chirp. Chirp. I have to say that, John. PR. We'll be talking to him. And rounding out the panel is the sponsor of this wonderful series. I think we're on season three or four, Lorraine. I'm looking forward to your coming back next year. Lorraine Maurice, Senior Director of Global Indirect Marketing at SAP, and she calls herself a modern marketer. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So welcome to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. We're focused on SMEs, SMBs. Yes, small to mid-sized companies. We even talk to startups. This is important. Putting your business together. Together, getting off on the right foot on the right track and competing with the big kids because that's what you're probably doing. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Hope you'll stay with us for the rest of the hour. We have a lot of great information here. And again, if you're just tuning in, the topic is need brand advocates look within. And I'm going to put an exclamation point right after that because it's important. So let's start off with Daniel Koo. Eddie Y. Brightree, and Daniel has sent us a wonderful quote from Steve Jobs, Stephen Paul Jobs, 1955, passed away, unfortunately, October 5th, 2011, which is tomorrow, 2018, will be the seventh anniversary of his passing, and that's a very important day for us here at Game Changers Radio. Daniel, I don't know if you know this, but October 5th, 2011 was the day I started the first Game Changers Radio show for SAP, and a few hours later, we found out that Steve Jobs had passed away, and it was an oh-my-goodness moment, and that's why I never Mm. forget the day we started. So here's the quote Daniel has picked up from Steve Jobs. By the way, Steve Jobs, CEO, chairman, co-founder of Apple, majority shareholder and chairman of Pixar, a member of Walt Disney Company's board of directors, and founder, chairman, and CEO of Next. He is widely recognized as a pioneer of the microcomputer revolution back in the 1970s and 80s, along with Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, who was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. We'll just leave that one alone. Here's the quote. Listen up, everyone. (laughs) Technology... 
had to say that. Technology is nothing. What's important is that you have a faith in people, that they're basically good and smart. And if you give them tools, they'll do wonderful things with them. Daniel, it was a while getting you on the air, but we've got you. We're thrilled. How are you, Daniel? I'm so glad to be back. Uh, and uh, finally got off the plane. I was traveling from Kuala Lumpur back to where I live in Penang. Um, so it's been a long day, and I'm sure looking forward to in the, the next we are We are so happy to have you. And I couldn't think of a better quote to open the show, Daniel. So talk to me. What's important is you have to have faith in people. Okay, I think that's a that's an underscore. That's part of the basics of what we're talking about today. Brand ambassadors look within. They're basically good and smart, so treat them with respect and give them tools. So how do you apply it to our topic today? I want to hear it in your own words, please. Oh, yeah, exactly. And Steve Jobs had been booted out of Apple at that time. And uh, and it was in one of these interviews that he actually said these things, right? And that uh, I think it's really very profound because uh, he's the father of innovation and lots of technology that that's come out of him. It has changed the lives of so many people. But and mm-hmm. yet, his his emphasis and his focus is still very much on the people that uh, who worked with him and the trust that he continues to demonstrate through his leadership. And I think that's something that is very important in in our line of work that, you know, we treat our, our people, our, our talents with trust and respect. And, and trust is actually the cornerstone and, and, and one of the very key things that uh, we continue to be able to deliver uh, is that we trust our people, right? Regardless of whatever technology platform they're on, um, they will be able to do uh, wonderful things and to be able to change lives for others. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Just let me pick apart one little bit here. If you give them the tools, they'll do wonderful things with them. How much guidance do you believe, Daniel, that uh, a business owner, a manager, anybody who is quote-unquote in charge of spreading the word about the brand, it could be the head of marketing, it could be a midline manager, how much guidance should you be giving your team, your staff, your employees, your colleagues, your co-workers, however you term them, your, your business partners, whatever you want to say, how much guidance do we need to give them to make sure that they do it the right way? And the right way means your way, not, not only just... Because <laughs> the, the, there's a fine line here, Daniel. We're going to talk about that with John Walker and Lorraine Maurice in just a minute, too. What's your thought? How much guidance, how much of a strong arm do you need in guiding them once you trust them, once you say you're smart, you're good, you understand the, the deal here, you give them the tools, how much should you be looking over your, their shoulder or pre-approving? What's your quick thought on that? I think... It really depends on their track record, and we've seen them perform in the past. And so there's different levels of, of trust that I would kind of put in. And, and, and if you know that this person has, has been consistent in his delivery, then you probably want to leave some room for innovation and some room for them to make a little bit of mistakes here and there, and, and just so that you don't breathe down their necks, right? But if I'm looking at perhaps someone who is fresh out of university and probably may not have seen enough and I would probably spend a little bit more time and just kind of probe and say, hey, you know, what would you do? Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think are some of the consequences if you, if you didn't do this and, or, or do that? You know? So, so that, that level of trust, I think, uh, to give that right comfort to the person uh, is very important. Thank you very much, Daniel. Pleasure to have you. We'll be talking a little more about where you are in the world. I know you're you're in a completely different time zone, and uh, thank oh, yeah. you for staying up oh, late yeah. for us. So take a sip of something. We'll find out what you're drinking in a few minutes. Thank you, Daniel. Am I pronouncing your name right? Ku or Ko? How do we pronounce it? Ku, Ku. Ku. I got it. Okay. Thank you very much. Take a, right. take a rest now. John Walker, founder and managing partner at Chirp. PR sent us a wonderful quote from Mark Cuban, and I was telling John on our prep call the other day that this must be Mark Cuban week in my world because I had a quote from Mark Cuban from another guest on a different Game Changer show earlier this week, and uh, Mark Cuban was in the news for something we won't talk about this week as well, and this is the third time his name has come across my desk, so I'm very intrigued. 
Mark Cuban, born in 1958. I call him a young guy. Lorraine knows what I mean. American businessman and investor, the owner of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks, co-owner of 2929 Entertainment, chairman of AXSTV, and you may know him firsthand, as I do, as one of the main shark investors on the ABC TV reality series Shark Tank. He also wrote a book in 2011, an e-book titled How to Win at the Business of Sports. Very interesting guy, very outspoken, and uh, his PR picture is him lying on the basketball court propped up with his head propped up on his hand with, a, I think, a basketball on his other hand. He's quite the guy. The quote is, the best salesperson is the one the customer trusts and never has to question. John Walker, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Bonnie? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. And talk to me about this quote. Are you a big fan of Mark Cuban, or the quote just popped up out of thin air? What do you think? Well, the quote resonates with me as a business leader, because if you take the word salesperson of the quote and include Mm -hmm. the word employee or brand advocate, it goes to show you that every employee or brand advocate ultimately has a responsibility to build trust and therefore to generate loyalty for the company and the brand overall. While a lot of employees are behind the scenes and not necessarily customer-facing, they should be empowered to enable the customer success and do everything possible to ensure that customer is happy, to in turn convert them into a long-term loyal customer, one that has brand equity, and one ultimately comes back to the company for more and more options because they trust the company implicitly, as well as every touch point they've had with the company throughout their overall journey with that company. Thank you very much. What do you think about the uh, the quote above from Steve Jobs? Give them tools, they'll do wonderful things. I was asking Daniel Koo, how much guidance do you need to give them right away? Or do you need to have a, a strong arm over pre-approving every tweet, every post on LinkedIn, every outreach, every, you know, they're supposed to be an ambassador. What if they're having a bad day? Any, any thoughts on that, John? I have plenty of thoughts on that, Bonnie. So you've got to encourage your employees. You've got to empower them. But most importantly, you have to unleash them. So many companies these days are laden with policies that are so cumbersome and confusing that employees Uh. are just apt to say, I'm not going to engage because I don't want to get in trouble. Companies really need to look at how do they empower how do they encourage, how do they unleash, and thinking about small transitions around positioning of perhaps guidelines versus policy that helps them understand the ways, the best practices, and the trends that are taking place that in turn allows them to unleash their creativity and become true brand ambassadors for the company. Thank you very much. Talking about policies, John, you remind me of a show we did yesterday where one of the panelists sent me a quote from Mary Barra, the GM, uh, CEO. Yeah. And she she was with the company, as you know, she has been for many years, came up through the ranks, and she decided to simplify. The show was on changing the game with HR, complexity versus simplifying. And, and the result we came up with at the end of the show was that simplification can be too much, take too much out. You need to have complexity without confusion. That was our conclusion. But her, the quote the person sent me was two words that she used to take a 10-page company dress guidance policy in the HR manual, and she changed it to the following. Two words, dress appropriately. Wonderful. It drove some of her manager's bonkers because they said wait a minute we can't tell just tell people dress appropriately we have to tell them when and where we had 10 pages you took it down to two words and she said well what's the problem and somebody said well some of our employees are salespeople who are in front of government people and they need to dress better than business casual and so they worked out a deal where these employees would be told to keep a, a jacket and a pair of dress pants in their locker and when you go out right. on those sales calls, that's it. You just put on those clothes, and you're still dressing appropriately. So talking that's about brilliant. guidance, is that, is that a brilliant quote? Yeah, it really is, because ultimately, employees are human beings. We're not robots. We're, not, we're just not characters in a corner. And so to say dress appropriately speaks volumes, because we're humans. We're employees. We're, we're, we're on the front line for our company. We know what appropriate is because we follow the lead of our customers, our employees, our peers, our superiors, so appropriately encompasses everything that you need to say. 
Thank you very much. Such a pleasure to have you on, John Walker. We'll be learning a lot more about you in just a few minutes. And now let's turn to Lorraine Maurice, who's waiting so patiently. And Lorraine has picked up a quote from Confucius. Lorraine, I'm so intrigued with the quote. Uh, It has to do a little bit with what I talked about. We discussed on the HR show yesterday about complexity versus simplicity. But if anybody doesn't know who Confucius is, let me just give you a quick overview. 551 to 479 BC, a Chinese teacher editor, politician, philosopher of the spring and autumn period of Chinese history. The philosophy of Confucius is called Confucianism, emphasized personal and governmental morality, correctness of social relationships, justice and sincerity. Lorraine, I would have to say that this encompasses what we're talking about in the last two quotes we just got from Mark Cuban and from from Steve Jobs. So let me read the quote Lorraine has selected from Confucius. Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. Lorraine Maurice, how are you? Um, uncomplicating my life, so I'm doing well. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> Good to hear that. That's, that's fine. You sent me a wonderful new PR picture. I love to see the updates of the photos. You've been with us on Game Changers, I think, for three years. And uh, I, I do want to let our listeners know that Think Big, Work Small is, is an encapsulation of Lorraine's concept of small to mid-sized businesses. Lorraine, are we, are we talking to startups as well? Is that, was that your scope when you put together this series with me? We are. We're just talking about businesses growing, really, at, at, at every level, and how you can use marketing, especially digital and social marketing, um, to succeed, compete, and be profitable. Okay, that's really what it comes down to. You can't make a profit, you can't stay in business, or maybe you can figure it out, but that's not the way it goes. So talk to me about this. Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. We're talking about brand ambassadors. We're talking about giving people tools, having trust in them, the people working with you, around you, whether it's distributed workforce, you can physically see them or virtually. They know more about your company than anybody else. How good is it to just empower them and say, okay, you're an ambassador, go out and promote the brand? Does that work, Lorraine? Is it that simple? Or do we have some layers of oversight, as uh, John was saying, that we need to build in? What do you think? We absolutely have to have balance of foundation and layers, um, but it doesn't need to be complicated. But you do need to provide guidance. Um, you know, each of us are individuals. We communicate differently. Um, what's appropriate to us is different. And in, a, in this world of being an ambassador and in brand and in social, how we are perceived in the market um, is a reflection of not only our personal brand, but of our company brand. So giving guidelines to when and when not use a, a company hashtag or, you know, appropriate language or some guidance is definitely necessary. But if it's 50 pages, you've lost your ambassador, your employee. But if it's a page with just some simple processes and simple do's and do nots, um, it makes life a lot easier. And um, I would just add to the simple quote about just dress appropriate is just dress for uh, a level that you a level up that you want to be. Um, I would have added one more line to that to to to, to signify um, a little more about what we wanted to see. And I think that resonates with your employee as well, is when you're communicating or being this brand ambassador and we're going to the employee, they need to think of themselves not in the position they are today, but the position of their manager or skip level manager. Interesting. Okay. So empower them, give them the tools, make sure they know where they are. It's interesting. Lorraine, let's just postulate something for a second and Daniel I'm going to come back to you in a minute and find out exactly where you are and your favorite drink and all that but Lorraine let's say that employee is having a really really great day and they just want to shout out to the world they want to say the widget company WXY 1923 on 59 Main Street in any town USA is the best place in the world to work they just gave me a free coffee <laughs> is, is that is that going to be good for brand advocacy? Is that what an ambassador says? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, just saying how much you love working for your company, it does two things. One, it helps retain employees, find new employees, but even, well, and that's very important. So I wasn't going to say equally, but equally as important is it shows your customers that the people you hire are being treated well and people that are being treated well and are happy in their jobs do a better job for you. So 
So statements like that are appropriate. It doesn't need to be this professional, you know, written dissertation. It just, it needs to be authentic. It needs to be truthful. Um, but it really also does need to be positive. It does need to be positive and enthusiastic. Thank you very much, Lorraine. And talk about positive and enthusiastic. We're positively thrilled to have Daniel all the way from Singapore. Daniel Koo, tell me three things. Where are you? What Exactly what part of the world are you in? Number two, what's your favorite drink that powers you to do so many things and travel and be in so many places all at the same time? I'm convinced you're in at least three places right now. And number three, what... <laughs> What is EY Brightree and what's your role? So, Daniel, talk to me, please. Okay, I'm actually based out of Penang. It's an island of the northern part of Malaysia. I'm not based in Singapore, but I do travel a fair bit to Singapore and Thailand uh, within the ASEAN region. Um, It's such a beautiful country that we live in and it's got its rich diversity in culture and, and, uh, and, and being a former... Uh, colony of the British Empire. Uh, I think we've inherited quite a fair bit of things: the education, the uh, the lots of uh, systems that we continue to enjoy and, and and to appreciate. I think that has kind of propelled the country to where it is today. Uh, you also know we have one of the oldest prime ministers in the world. Uh, <laughs> it's quite an amazing feat at 93 years old. Um, wow! Ethnic Chinese. Uh, Born in Malaysia, I have been with EY Brighttree for since it started. Uh, we are a new acquisition last year. Um, I hate the SAP CX practice. I look at end-to-end solutions. I train, I hire, I recruit, I, I bring in the business as well. So that's, it's a very interesting ride uh, for the past uh, two, three years. Um, I've been working with the same uh, boss for the past 18 years since I got out of university. Oh. Uh, six volume. It's been an exciting journey. Uh, we're best of friends in a way. Um, as to what I'm drinking, I actually am hoping I'm drinking this, this drink called Bandung. You've got to try it. I'm not sure if any of you have tried this. It's actually a mix of evaporated milk and uh, rose-flavored syrup. Um, mm. it, it's interesting because I've, I've, I've grown to love uh, sweet drinks as a child. And one day I was introduced to uh, this drink that you can actually mix evaporated milk and, and, and syrup, you know. And, and, and the result is that it's something like, I, I would think the closest you would get to this one would be a strawberry milkshake. Uh, <laughs> minus the shake, minus the frap and all that. Uh, it, it, it's an ice drink, and what's, what I really love about it is that um, usually it's served, they would kind of pour the milk, and then the syrup is just kind of in a layer, right? And, and you only, you, you stir it, as, and, 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 and you get the right mix, and then you, you consume the drink. Uh, it, it, it's interesting, really, and, and you should probably try it if you're in this part of the world. It's, it's quite popular in Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand. Can, can you spell the name of the drink for me, please, Daniel? I'm trying to look it up, but I want to make sure I get the right one. How, do, how would you spell it? Uh, B-A-N D-U-N-G So that would be Bandung. B-A-N-D-U-N-G Bandung. Okay, I'm looking yeah. it up. Keep talking. Yeah. I got it. Bandung drink. Straw, yeah. Yes. Okay, picture of Sam Strawberry Corner Bandung. Okay, I got it. I got it. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's on Wikipedia. It's a popular drink in Malaysia, Singapore, and Brunei. Consists of evaporated or condensed milk, flavored with rose cordial syrup, giving it a pink color. The drink is an adaptation of rose milk served in India. Favorite beverage, usually served during iftar in the Ramadan month or at wedding receptions with other with foods such as nasi, biryani, or rendang. Is that right? And innovations including any grass, jelly, or soda water, and is served as a street food. You can make it at home or it's pre-mixed. There are many variations, including sparkling water, and, and you can make it into an ice cream soda. Ooh, I like that. Okay, thank you very, Ooh, very yeah. much. Yes. Yeah. Bandung. <laughs> Give it Interesting. A try. 
Now, okay, so what exactly does, it, just give me a, a quicker definition of what exactly EY Bright Tree, why the, ta- why the ta- term Bright Tree, where does that come from? Okay, about eight years ago, a group of us came out and uh, we thought we would start our own SAP company. And so two, two partners came out of one of the bigger SAP consulting companies and uh, a group of us, the pioneers, uh, started uh, doing a lot of consulting work in this part of the world. Uh, we've gone through several acquisitions. I always joke at the fact that uh, we are still the same players on the pitch, just we've just been chasing, uh, changing our jerseys. Uh, <laughs> so one after one acquisition after another, and and, and finally last year, uh, Ernst and Yang spoke to the two partners and then they said hey look you know we've been on this courtship for many many years we we should really talk about setting down i mean we've been doing some work for 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 ey and all that and so finally uh the acquisition uh took place last year and 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 we just celebrated our first anniversary about two months ago congratulations and that's where we're at yeah so we're part of the asean uh, sap practice within ey Thank you very much. Such a pleasure to meet you. And Lorraine, his company is absolutely perfect for this for this topic as well as for your show. So thank you very much what he does. John Walker, let's turn around a little bit around the table to you. John Walker, Chirp PR. I love the name. It reminds me of Tweet Tweet, Chirp Chirp. I don't know if there's any similarity there. John Walker, where in the world are you? I hear you smiling. John Walker, where are you? What's your favorite drink that powers you? Because I've got your picture here and that's quite a smile there. And tell me, actually you and Daniel are wearing very similar ties in your PR pictures. That's interesting. Okay. And uh, <laughs> what do you do? What is Chirp? How did you pick the name? I have to know. John Walker. <laughs> well, lots of questions there, Bonnie. So where to start? Um, first and foremost, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, about uh, less than a mile from Coca-Cola's global headquarters. Okay. And I really only drink three things on a daily basis that consist of coffee, water, and wine. However, if you ask me what my favorite beverage is, I have to go back to a Coca-Cola product, which is Barks Root Beer in a bottle. I consider Barks are very crisp, refreshing, and always, always um, reminds me of my childhood growing up on the Gulf Coast. There was nothing more exciting than sitting down and grabbing a po'boy and grabbing a Barks Barks Root Beer in a bottle just to give you that extra crisp, refreshing feel to end Mm -hmm. a fantastic day at the beach. So let's talk about CHIRP. So CHIRP is an integrated marketing PR and digital agency helping B2B and technology companies deliver results that matter. The reason the name CHIRP came about is that we empower our clients to simplify their voice and provide the right platforms to share it with the world. I've been working in tech PR and marketing for the past 20 plus years, and a lot of clients oftentimes have very verbose and technically complex ways of explaining their value proposition, and we found a white space for Sharp to help come in and enable our clients to simplify that voice and to share it with the world. We work with a wide range of clients from blue chip brands to scale up and startup companies, and we're having a blast. Um, doing so to deliver those results that matter. And I appreciate the opportunity to join you today and learn from both Daniel and Lorraine. You're very kind, and I have to tell you I did look it up in Barks. For those of you wanting to know about Barks, it's B-A-R-Q, not B-A-R-K, B-I-R-Q, American soft drink brand of root beer, notable for having, wait for it, it's got caffeine. Barks was created by Edward Bark, B-A-R-Q, and bottled since the turn of the 20th century, owned by the Bark family, but bottled by... Coca-Cola, as John told us. It's known, it was known as Bark's famous old, O-L-D-E, time, T-Y-M-E, root beer, two words, until 2012. Uh, I grew up sort of, kind of, in New York on Long Island, John, and we had mug root beer. A&W was another favorite. Dad's root beer was another favorite, but mug, and I was taught by somebody along the way to put a scoop of good vanilla ice cream in the top of a glass of mug's root beer, and guess what? Turned it into a root beer float. Did you ever do that with Barks, John? Absolutely, I did it, and I still do on special occasions. 
There you go. I'm going to have to make a special occasion because all of a sudden I'm hungry for root beer and ice cream. Don't do that to me. Thank you very much. (laughs) I'm blaming you. Lorraine Maurice, where are you today? I have a feeling you're in the south here where I am and where John is. So maybe you're you're nearer to him than you are to me. Lorraine, where are you? What do you love to drink these days? And and, uh, talk to me about what you're doing these these days. So I am in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I just returned from some time in Chicago where the fall weather was very beautiful. And now I'm back in a a little bit of a steamy Atlanta. My favorite drink continues to be flavored sparkling waters. Uh, My new favorite flavor is black cherry. Um, I find them very refreshing. No calories, no caffeine, um, but they hit the spot. And, and these days, it, it, life is just around getting ready for fourth quarter and, and 2019, believe it or not. So <gasps> heads down in, in the planning mode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Black cherry sparkling water. I'm actually going to tweet here. I have need brand advocates look within favorite drinks of my panelists, Daniel Koo at EY Alliance's Bon Dung, John E. Walker at PR <laughs> Chirp. Favorite drink, Barks Root Beer. And Lorraine Maurice's favorite drink is black cherry sparkling water. And Lorraine knows this about me. Daniel and John do not. And we're going to skip the break, by the way. We're having too much fun here. I don't tell you what my favorite <laughs> drink is. All I tell you is that I'm not allowed to have caffeinated beverages on radio show days. So all I have here is a cool, clear glass of cool, clear water. And I have a pink straw today because it's a beautiful day here in Durham, North Carolina. There is not even a single fluffy white cloud in the sky. It's just a blue sky and it's gorgeous. Our temperature range, these I've only been here one year, and our temperature range right now is about 20 degrees spread a day. We wake up at about 66 and it reaches up into the high 80s. A couple weeks ago, it was rain every day. We were able to escape the the clutches of Hurricane Florence. We didn't get hit as badly as some of our coastal neighbors who were still struggling to get through, but we had a lot of rain and, ah, wind and dark, gloomy days. So we're happy to have a beautiful fall day. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers Radio. We're skipping the break because we've got too much to talk about and having way too much fun here. We're speaking with Daniel Koo at EY Brighttree, yeah. John Walker at Chirp PR, and Lorraine Maurice at SAP. So, Daniel, we're going to start out with, I'm going to pick some topic here from your notes, and let's see where we want to go with this. Um, let's see. Okay. You've sent me a a bunch of quotes from you as far as leading into your discussion statements about this topic. So let's start with the premise of why someone would want to be a brand advocate, a brand ambassador. And you say, if it's something you're really proud of, you want to tell others about it. So let's start with that as the premise, making your employees proud or helping them be proud about what you have. Tell me about your thoughts on the process, and we'll go around the table. We'll get John's and Lorraine's input on this. The process of how do you know when somebody on your team is proud of what they're doing or what the company is doing that would, quote, unquote, qualify them to be a brand ambassador? Daniel, talk to me. Yeah, I I started off 18 years ago uh, doing SAP work, and one of my very first projects was in a manufacturing company and nobody actually knew what that company did and so you know as a fresh graduate and you talk about I've, I've got a job I'm, I'm, I'm doing something I'm doing consultancy work for one of the one of the top uh, software companies in the world uh, but nobody really knows exactly what you do because it, it doesn't really touch the person on the street you know it, it's probably something but you won't realize it but then um, Quite recently, we've been doing quite a fair bit of work with, uh, in the CPR sector, and and that's where people really relate to um, the things that we've been doing, right? Like for example, uh, one of our clients, um, I mean, they're an Apple reseller. So at least when you look at hey, some of the ads that have come out of some of these marketing campaigns, some of the social media stuff that we that we're doing, and and you say hey, you know, we were part of that, you know. Uh, there was this iPhone launch and we were part of something that, that we did to, to look at some of these marketing sentiments and all that. And, and, you know, and, and the guys who were on the team, you know, they were really pumped up and they were able to, to really uh, tell people about it, that, that, you know, that, that, hey, I was part of this, right? And so if and that, that's something which I think if, uh, that they're proud of 
all the hard work that they've put in, and it's 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 something that people see, right? Um, so I think that's, that's something in, that's very key. You know? Thank you very much, John Walker. What do you think? How do you know when somebody is the right fit for a, being a brand ambassador? Is it just when they say, "Hey, this is really cool. I'm proud to work here"? Does it go deeper than that? Thoughts? I have lots of thoughts there, and, and, and what Daniel said about working for unknown, behind-the-scenes, mm-hmm. ingredient brands yeah. provides the greatest opportunity because based on your values, based on your culture, and based on your ability to reward, incentivize, and recognize your employees, then ultimately you're able to receive a reciprocal benefit. Employees are proud of working for companies that are purpose-driven and values-based, And by instilling those values and that purpose throughout your culture, then you in turn unleash your best advocates, otherwise known as your assets. Companies really have to work hard at building that trust and that loyalty with their employees in order for them to become that asset and that advocate. But what's most important is that even these unknown behind-the-scenes ingredient brands, they once, whether they're currently unknown or behind-the-scenes, they have the opportunity to become an SAP or a Microsoft or a Coca-Cola even, but we've all got to start somewhere. And by building that culture of trust, understanding, and empowerment, then ultimately you can generate that goodwill that unleashes those brand advocates from within. Thank you very much. Very interesting point of view. Lorraine, join us. Thoughts on what your two co-panelists just shared? Agree or disagree? Well, it's hard not to agree with them. You know, first of all, it's like your family, right? They they should be your biggest fan club. Your employees, if you're treating them right and the business is right, are your biggest fan club as well. And as that, they represent you and are an extension of you. So having them be an advocate and having them share the brand is is easy, it's simple, and it's inexpensive. Um, so supporting that aspect um is critical. And then there's a statement we've made in previous uh, shows where we talk about the fact that marketing, because at the end of the day, advocacy really relates back to revenue, like everything that we talk about. And so if we relate advocacy and your employee back to revenue and profitable revenue, what we, we then lead into is the fact that they really are an extension also of your sales team. So how do you um, ensure and also promote and garner that type of relationship with your employee? So uh, it's, a, it's a critical opportunity and one that many companies, you know, take. I mean, how many of us wear a T-shirt with a logo on it? I mean, that's part of being an advocate. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Lorraine, that used to be Absolutely. the mode of dress. Uh, very, very interesting. You're right. We, Lorraine, we used to wear jeans with the tag of the designer on the back pocket. Remember? <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many designer jeans did we have? I'm talking about girls back in the day, young teenagers, even young adults in our closet. You had to have one of this. You had to have one of that or a whole bunch of them. You had to proudly wear handbags with labels. It's still going on, isn't it, Lorraine? You want everybody to see, correct? Well, you do, and hence the reason that, you know, in the day, and even still to today, logo merchandise, you know, promotional items, um, and people even buy them. John talked about Coca-Cola. They have a huge store, a huge online presence, so that you can wear their logo. I mean, you know, I think of Apple. I think of venues and bands and restaurants. But going back to the employee, that's the same reason you usually provide them with some sort of uh, logoed merchandise when they're out and about in the world. That's also, um, you know, bringing it back to that same point. And, um, you know, there was a commercial, and this is kind of a, a girly comment, but um, it was about a shampoo, and it went so on, and, you know, you told one friend, and they told one friend, and so on, and so on. And that's the same reach that your employee gives you. If, if it's a positive in relationship and with them, and, and I keep stressing that point, right? Not all relationships are positive. Yes. But when, when it's one that's, that's positive, um, the message is amplified um, exponentially. 
Very interesting about wearing your employer's logo shirt. I find that very, very interesting. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's just a laugh. I know people here in my community in North Carolina, every time there's an event, they have something, they get a t-shirt made, the stage crew or show crew or, uh, you know, I'm I'm in this club and and they're just walking around with all these t-shirts, a closet full of t-shirts with logos and hats with labels. You're absolutely right. They're not just saying, look what I do. They're saying I'm a brand advocate. Very interesting point, Lorraine. Thank you. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to move on to a topic here from John's list in the interest of time. We are, time is marching on. John, you say make your employees rock stars. They are rock stars, so let them meet the fans. Many employees never get to meet the customer. They never get to hear the feedback directly from the customer. Is this dangerous? Is this a good policy? How do you know to who, with whom to have that meet and greet? Is it on FaceTime? Is it on Facebook? How do you introduce which customer to which employee? John, help me with this. Well, earlier we talked about how every employee really is a salesperson and responsible for building the brand, which converts to customer loyalty. Your employees are total rock stars, and in turn, they need to get to meet those fans, whether it's with customer user groups or online forums. They want to feel connected to them. They want to feel a trusting bond with them. And so let the fans interact with the employees on a daily basis, whether it's through traditional um, customer service types of calls or surveys. Allow them to understand the customer pain points, but also the customer expectations. They ultimately can deliver better on behalf of your value proposition. We all ultimately want to be recognized for our contributions to our organization. But we oftentimes don't get to see the end result or the outcomes that occur. And by enabling your employees to be rock stars that get to meet the fans, ultimately the customers, you in turn become up, come up with a mutually beneficial value proposition that enables your employees to better deliver and to better tailor their service and their communication to your customers every single day. So employees, rock stars, let them meet the fans. I like that idea, Lorraine. That's a little bit interesting off the beaten path. What do you think? Agree or disagree? I, I love it. They are the band. And, you know, I remember back at, at a last company that uh, talking about the employees, we had these group of engineers. And after the, the solution was sold, and then the engineer team, you know, the, the services team went in to support it. Our customers really looked at them as, as rock stars, and they were so in extension. And I have to tell you, they got more golf shirts with logos than any of the rest of us um, just because <laughs> they told the story so well. So that, that's a great point. Very interesting. Daniel Koo, have you ever done that at EY Bright Tree? Oh, yes, uh, especially when we go through some of the escalations and all that. It's, it's, we never come across as, hey, you know, you've got this feedback and all that. It's always about, hey, what do you think went wrong and how do you think we want to address this? How can we kind of bridge the gap and try to have a proper conversation uh, to some of these people who are involved? Um, In fact, today, this this afternoon, I've had to meet the team. They've they've been working really hard several weekends in a row and, and just... Meeting them today over a simple meal and, and really acknowledging all the hard work that they've done, uh, that kind of put a lo- some smiles on their faces and at least it was a sigh of relief. And, and to, 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 to even talk about the prospect of, hey, the weekend's coming, you know, I really look forward to you spending time with your families and all that. And, and just really encourage them. I think that's something that's very important uh, for us. I think encouragement is a big word we're hearing here. Uh, Lorraine, I'm going to circle around and pick up something here. We talked about, I've mentioned their Facebook page, the company's Facebook page, what social media. I I think we're gearing a lot of this, not just to the face-to-face meet and greet that John was just talking about in terms of introducing your rock star employees to your your fans, the customers, but we're talking about social media here. And Lorraine says, it's important to encourage employees to act as brand advocates to grow their personal brand first and as a result of that help strengthen the company's perception so we started out Lorraine talking about how much guidance do you give 
give them the Steve Jobs quote, give them tools. How do you help them strengthen their brand and in what way so that they can use that brand, leverage it to become a company brand advocate? Very interesting topic. Lorraine, what do you have to say? Well, I think that's where enablement comes into play for your employees. And, and, it, and again, it's not just like marketing. It's not just sales. It, it, you know, brand to me comes under that marketing is everyone's job. So mm-hmm. if we look at different tools, I mean, Facebook obviously is one of them, but that tends to be a little more personal. Yes, there's business. But, you know, teaching them how to best use LinkedIn. And it does have things like, yes, I love rock bands, but at the same time, you know, if I'm a, you know, super passionate about utilizing technology to simplify so-and-so. So it's, it's giving them the skill set. And that part of enabling them with their skill set um, on their personal brand, on their personal mission, and on the mission of the company so that everybody understands what the message is, what the culture is, and what the core is um, will enable them to be that ambassador. But it also provides them with that, that alliance to the company because if you're investing in them, teaching them about this world. I mean, social and digital aren't going away. It's the way we sell. It's the way we service. And it's our first impression to the customer. So enabling that employee with the right skills, no matter what level in the company they are, is is crucial and, and important to getting that first impression right with your customer. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table and see what your co-panelists have to say. Daniel Koo, have you used this technique? What's your thought about encouraging your employees to be rock stars on their own first and then have that accrue to the company brand? What's your thinking? We encourage the team to go on LinkedIn. We do quite a fair bit of uh, social selling, going through the sales navigator, uh, really putting up our rock stars on social it is an art. It's, you don't want it to be so manufactured. And uh, even if we roll out content about, for example, a project success, we would want our people to be able to share and provide their point of view, their context. And, for example, someone posted something and said, you know, hey, I was part of this, but it was a whole lot of hard work. And, and, and I did pull through it, you know, and... A little, a good mix of their personal experience and what went through. Uh, things may not always go the right way, the way mm-hmm. we want it, but uh, it's good to also uh, be open about it when we when we share some of these things on social. You know, it, it kind of provides uh, the raw parts of some of these things uh, amid all the celebration and whatnot. Uh, we do quite a fair bit of recruitment on on LinkedIn as well. I think uh, how people see us. Uh, the fresh graduates, uh, we would mm-hmm. go on Facebook uh, for, for experience hire. We, we definitely leverage LinkedIn uh, a lot, a whole lot of that. And, and it is an art, and, and we're all learning. Yeah? And, 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 and encouraging our employees to do that is, is something which we've been trying to push. And uh, we've seen some successes and coming from a culture that is, can, can be rather reserved. Uh, it, it does take a fair bit of effort sometimes to, to, to do that, right? But I think we're making progress. Good. Glad to know. John, we're just about ready for our predictions, but John Walker, I'd love to get your quick thoughts on what Lorraine shared. What do you think about getting their personal uh, brand set up? Lorraine's so right. Digital and social's not going anywhere at all. In fact, it's making our world a lot smaller because we're able to engage with audiences at all touch points and corners of the world at any given time based on our current um, points of view, perspectives, and what's going on in the world. But as employers, we need to make our employees completely empowered and enable them to have fun yet fulfilling experiences on social media that ultimately come full circle and enable them to become your brand advocates. So going back to what we talked about a little earlier, Bonnie, we've got to encourage mm-hmm. them. We've got to empower, empower them. We've got to unleash their potential and make it simple for them to engage and encourage them to the point where they're comfortable without in turn giving them way too much direction that stifles their creativity and their potential. Thank you very much. Uh, Lorraine, I'm going to let you start the predictions round because I didn't get a chance to get back to you on something else I wanted to talk about. So Lorraine Maurice, 60 seconds, that's really all we got very, very tight. 
What do you predict will change about empowering, guiding, uh, let's say, deputizing employees as brand advocates between now and, let's say, 2025? Lorraine Maurice, you're up first. 60 seconds. Go. 2025. Oh, boy. 2020 is around the corner. That's right. Uh, I, I think it's simple. I think five, ten years ago, the, the digital social guidelines uh, that we gave employees was incredibly complex. Um, that has evolved to the fact that we need employees to support our brands and our, our mission and our sales strategy. And it's become, and because they're so familiar with it, especially millennials that we didn't talk about today, um, mm-hmm. it will be necessary to allow our employees and create a process for them to be the brand advocate. Millennials only speak <laughs> in social and digital terms, and um, that's really the prediction, is the market is changing, um, our audience is becoming younger, and we need our employees are becoming younger. And so we need to meet them where they will make us most successful. And that, that's, Perfect. that's what we need to do. Perfectly said. We've got two minutes left till the end. 30-second prediction. Daniel Koo at EY Brightree. Talk fast, please. Hey, I think it's going to be a subject of study. It's going to be something every university student would have to go through uh, about social selling, about how they promote their brand. That's going to be the prerequisite uh, moving forward. Uh, It's not going to be just after they've gotten the job. I think it's it's going to be right before that. And we're going to be looking and screening uh, all of that, right? Thank you very much. John Walker, you get the last word. 30 seconds. Do it. We're going to see the connected workforce of the future where, where really office environments are not necessary. People can engage. They can be productive. They can contribute to their organizational success wherever it is they are in this world, on a beach, at home, in the office, or on a train. We are going to truly be connected, productive, and ultimately we're going to be seamless at everything we get done. What a great wrap-up. Thank you, John Walker. Thank you to Daniel Koo at EY Brightree. John Walker at Chirp PR, I have to say it that way. Sorry, Lorraine Maurice at SAP. Lorraine, I hope you're coming back with me next year for another season of Think Big, Work Small. We may we may tweak the title of the series to uh, Small to Mid-Sized Businesses with Game Changers or Game Changing Small to Mid-Sized. I want to make sure everybody knows the value of what we've got here on this series. Shout-out to Aaron at the Business Channel team, our engineer extraordinaire. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for listening. We're out of time. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Daniel Koo at EY Brighttree, just like John Walker at Chirp, Chirp PR, and just like Lorraine Maurice at SAP. Have a great week. We'll talk to you with more live game changers next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.